0: Welcome to Life Talks with Lauren. This podcast is all about having conversations around what's real for us and swapping shame and judgment for courage and connection. We'll cover topics like self-love, relationships, body image, mental health, and so much more. Think of it like getting together with one of your good friends and chatting about life. So grab your glass of wine, mug of tea, or your favorite drink, and let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Life Talks with Lauren podcast, or if you're listening for the first time, welcome. I This is my first episode of 2024, and you know what? I've really tried to get down a recording schedule because I used to be so consistent where I would release an episode like weekly, and I would feel really bad if I didn't. And it's so funny because that was a time when I was working full-time or also going to school full-time, like for the first, let's see, I've had this podcast for like six years now. And for the first, I want to say year or two, maybe I was working and then I had quit my job and was going to school full-time. And during all of those phases, I had a really consistent schedule. And then when I first moved here to Okinawa, I... Also did pretty well, maybe. That's when I changed the podcast from All or Something Living to Body Acceptance. And then I did that for about a year. That's when I published my book on body acceptance. And then I was like, hmm, kind of running out of things to talk about when it comes to that. So I changed it again to Life Talks with Lauren. Thinking like, oh, it'll give me a really good broad category of things to talk about. But for some reason, having such a broad... Spectrum of topics makes it hard for me to even know what to talk about. So that's part of why I haven't been able to really pin down a release, a recording and release episode, episodic, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. And part of that too is because, like, island life here, I feel like my life has been on such a weird pause for the three years now that we've been here, one more year to go. And it's so hard for me to have a consistent schedule, I think, because I don't have a full-time job. And now that I've graduated from college, I don't really have like a set schedule. I'm just a little bit all over the place right now, which means that, sadly, I'm not really as productive as I used to be. And I know it's only temporary and I'll get back to where I was, but right now I'm just in this interesting limbo phase, which is interesting because... 2024 really has started out with such an interesting bang. <laughs> there's like s- so many there's there's beautiful things going on in my life and then there are tragic things going on and it's interesting the juxtaposition uh and like trying to come to terms with that that like I have great things going on and then I'm kind of grieving other things. Uh the end of 2023 toward the end of the year, my grandma got sick and well, not really got sick. I guess she had a stroke and then she was in recovery. She had gotten sent home finally. And then a few weeks later she had another stroke and then they decided to put her on hospice and being so far away from home makes it really hard. This well, this has been the second loss in my family since leaving the States. And I really don't know how to deal with it being all the way over here. And it's almost like an out of sight, out of mind experience that like, I can almost deny it if I'm not seeing it with my own eyes. And especially because I don't know if you have anyone in your family like this where they seem like immortal to you. And that's what my grandma always was to me, like just always so healthy and vibrant and lively. And I just thought that she had so many more years left. I did fear moving over here that it, you know, would be a time when we'd lose her, but I really didn't think that would happen, and so, and so quickly too. Um, when we moved here in 2021, I lost my aunt a few months later, and that was really, really challenging because, um, because it was like literally overnight, and I was already in the hospital for something, and dealt with it alone um, because, you know, COVID times, they couldn't have any visitors in the hospital and all that. And that, I don't know. I I think maybe it was easier to come to terms with, not her death, of course, because she was like my favorite person in the world, but because it happened overnight. And then with my grandma, she was on hospice for a few weeks and we didn't know how long she would be. And so I just was like waiting every day for the call. And again, if you've ever had any family members go through something like that, then you understand it's this interesting waiting period. And then one night I dreamt about her and I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought to myself, like, she's gone. And so I didn't check my phone because I didn't want to check it in the middle of the night. Um, especially knowing that I was probably going to get some news and sure enough, I checked my phone when I woke up and I had messages from my mom and saw on Facebook that she had posted about it that she had passed away and that was, god, I don't even know if that was last week or two weeks ago now I think everything in January so far has been such a blur and so I'm dealing with personal things along with that that I've been dealing with for a few months now So I'm in a really odd space in life and interestingly enough, actually not really interesting. I feel like like this happens to a lot of, I guess, creatives. I think, I mean, technically we're all creative, but people who use the, is it your left side that's your creative side of your brain? Anyway, people like me who like to turn things that they're going through into like writing or I don't know some kind of art whatever it is I feel like some of the best like it makes me the most like creative or makes me want to write the most when I'm going through something and so that's what I'm kind of reminding myself as like I am you know having breakdowns and um, like this morning at like 3 a.m. I just started crying like uncontrollably it felt like and I was like my initial instinct was like, this is so painful that I want to either make myself a drink or I just want to take it away by like, like I'm just thinking, who can I text and who can I reach out to for support? Which is usually a good thing because like, I used to struggle to ask for support, but then sometimes where I'm at right now with what I'm going through, I'm really working on the relationship that I have with myself. And my ability to self-soothe and not always need to cling to something or distract myself or, you know, so I just like allowed myself to cry and like I rubbed my legs to like soothe and just let myself cry it out because, you know, I feel like sometimes when we cry and it, it is so painful, like we want to make it stop but sometimes that needs to be released. So what I did do is I pulled out the Notes app on my phone and as I was like having thoughts, I was typing those out. And I found that to be helpful and was able to... I don't know, it just made me think like... It just reminded me that maybe there is something that's going to come from this, or maybe I can create something beautiful from this, so, so it doesn't feel like it's for nothing, if that makes any sense. So it's kind of fitting for this episode, I decided I was talking to some friends at dinner the other night and I was telling them, I'm like, you know, my podcast used to be called the all or something living podcast. And that started because I was working through overcoming such a perfectionist mindset. And I was raised and really believed this for a long time. And this is kind of my default that, you know, we have a tendency toward like black and white Ways of thinking. And so I always thought, like, something is bad or good. I'm bad or good. I either do this perfectly or I don't do it at all. Or, you know, just we swing back and forth from one extreme to the other. And I started the All or Something Living podcast because I wanted to explore the in between because life is rarely, if ever, that perfect, like clean cut. And that's what I'm even going through right now is like I said, the Contrast of beautiful things going on in my life, beautiful friendships and relationships, and then others that are maybe, you know, transitioning into something or, you know, um, there's bad and good and in between going on in my life. And so it doesn't mean that right now life is terrible because there are many beautiful moments throughout the day. And so, yeah, so I had the All or Something Living podcast to serve as a reminder partially, mostly for myself to remind myself that I didn't have to live in extremes. And I know that so many of us have that mentality because we were raised that way. And so I thought, you know, it'd be really helpful to share my thoughts about this. And so I really want to revisit old episodes that I really resonated with or still resonate with today, but maybe Just kind of check in to see where my mind is at with the topics. And so I'm going to go back. I think that's going to be my project this year with the podcast is not re-recording my favorite episodes or the important episodes, but just kind of having a conversation from where I am today. Because when I recorded, say, for example, today's episode topic, it's on managing anxiety and depression. This was episode two. And this was six years ago. So I was like, ai wouldn't say completely different person. But at that time, I was just learning the tools that I still use day in and day out today. And so I will be talking to you from a different place. I'll have new things to say about it. And I really think that's like the way that we communicate with each other and through art and through writing and sharing is that we're not always coming up with these fresh original ideas. It's just that we are constantly learning new things and we're adding new things to the conversation. And I think that's really important. And it's, I think it's also important to be able to go back to who you are and what you've said maybe years ago, reflect on it and say, I'm not that person, or I don't believe that anymore. Here's what I believe now. Or I still believe that and it's actually been very affirming to me to know that, you know, even years later, this still works for me or this still makes sense to me, etc. So when I had first recorded episode two on anxiety and depression, this was back when I actually was working full time. And that was around the time where I started to realize that I needed to leave that job and find something new because... I started having panic attacks pretty regularly, which wasn't usual for me. And so, usually, when I'm dealing with extreme behaviors or my depression or anxiety starts to get really high, it tells me that something is off or imbalanced in my life and that changes need to be made. And so, when I recorded episode two, I was sharing how I had a panic attack in the middle of Starbucks. While I was trying to like work on some stuff and I shared kind of my process of how I dealt with it and coped with it. I don't, I think I checked on Spotify and I didn't see that you can go all the way back to episode two, but if you reach out to me, um, I, you can find me on Instagram at Lauren M Kendrick or wherever you usually connect with me, if that's something that you do, (laughs) um, I can send you the episode. I can still access it. I think you can too on podbean.com, which is where I host my podcast primarily and then I disseminate it, you know, to Google Play and and Spotify and all that Apple, I think. All the platforms that you listen on because the episode really goes into depth like I said on what a panic attack looks like, what you can do in the moment. How you can teach somebody to support you through that. However, I, that's not, I don't really deal with panic attacks anymore. I think because at that time, um, you know, six years ago, I, w- I was really working on developing tools to manage my anxiety to the point where it doesn't lead to a panic attack. So I think I'm better at that now. And so where I'm at today is that I still really struggle with depression. And mainly, I think it's, i I'm and I'm starting to, I wish I could say I'm starting to seek answers now. It's been an ongoing process. And again, if you know anything about the medical system, especially being military affiliated and then all the way overseas where, you know, resources are limited and everyone, everyone's kind of fighting for space in this system here, it is a little bit more difficult to get the support you need. So I have really tried to manage it myself. But what it keeps coming back to is that I seem to like keep hitting a wall where I can only manage it to a certain extent. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. And again, if you're close with me, this is something you're not surprised about that I suspect that I might struggle with PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And really what that means is that the depression hits heavily right before my period. But the thing with me is that I already have imbalanced hormones. And so my entire, since I've had a period, has been really irregular. And especially over the last few years, I track my cycles just to see how irregular it has been. And so for me... I can get a period every, like my cycles will last every, it depends, like 40 or for 40 days or for a hundred and something, 20 days or whatever. And I never know. And sometimes I'll start PMSing. And this is why I don't, it's really hard for me to talk about sometimes because I feel like I sound like a broken record and anyone in my life is like, aren't you always hormonal? Aren't you always PMSing? But sometimes the PMS, I feel like, can drag on for literally months because I'm so irregular. And that's where I'm at with it right now, is that like I think I'm getting closer to actually like having a period. I'm on day, I don't even know at this point, 60-something of my cycle or whatever. But usually the telling point for me is when my nipples start to get sore. And this is uh, definitely... Not really TMI, but um, is where we, I guess, start to get deep in the episode and open. But I, I mean, that's what happens that usually I'm like, okay, it's not just in my head, like it is getting closer, but even that can last for multiple weeks. But what coincides with that symptom usually is like extreme severe depression, which is where I'm in the depths of right now where I start to just really feel hopeless about everything that I have going on in life, which is one thing, like it's hard enough when life feels stable and everything seems to be like working just fine. But when life feels like it's already been flipped upside down, and then these symptoms are happening, I feel so like, at moments hopeless. And that's how I felt, you know, like I said, at 3am this morning, just absolutely like dread, like a a cloud of dread just covered my whole being. And then I start to have feelings of it maybe being easier if I weren't here. And so that's the point where I think I'm starting to realize that, uh, and this is probably the stigma around mental health of, it is definitely the stigma around mental health of like oh you can manage it yourself or you know if you just do all these natural remedies and yada yada which is again I've been able to manage my anxiety and depression pretty well but then it comes to a point where it's like affecting me for who knows how many weeks affecting my relationships affecting the way I show up in the world affecting my work today I just felt like I was in a cloud of who knows what like I went to go grocery shopping and I had to remind myself to keep like focusing, like focusing my eyes because everything felt really blurry. I had like severe brain fog. My body is just exhausted and yeah, just overall I feel completely sad and hopeless and um, I don't know how sometimes I'm able to get myself to function when I'm like this. Like I'm really proud of myself for even sitting down to record this episode. but I think again, doing this work, having these conversations is what helps get me through it. I also forced myself to go for a walk outside for an hour, and that made a huge difference. And so it's those little things that like my body, my mind especially wants to resist doing the things that I know will bring me closer to at least at least feeling a baseline of normalcy. Um, being able to like, you know, force myself to do those things because I know that that matters. But I also really want to thrive. So I think I am going to make an appointment and at least start to talk to someone about what I can do for support. Um, You know, at least around these times where things are like where I am getting closer to having a period, but knowing that like, that's when things are the worst. And, um, yeah, knowing that it's okay if I take the route of medication and that I'm not weak for that. There's so much, I think, negativity around that or like, in general, I feel like if we take medications or we seek help in certain ways, it's like, oh, you took the easy way out. And that really does get to me when I think of things in those terms because I'm like, damn, like, okay, let me try harder. Let me just, there's a term for that. Let me just, I don't know, push through it. Iron, iron, I don't know. But anyway, I, I just like assume that I can push through it. And, and I think also when you're a woman and you're so used to masking a lot of things anyway, I mean, I feel I I know I'm like neurodivergent in the first place. So that's another thing I've been dealing with is like you just get so used to showing up and making it seem like everything's okay and that you're like functioning and on the surface of everyone's like people might think like, "Oh, you have it together. You're fine. You don't really like need this." But inside you're really feeling tortured and like dying. And that's how I've been kind of feeling. You know, the last maybe few days, especially just completely like, like I am being gutted from the inside out. So the advice that I want to share that I shared in episode two that I feel is evergreen is to have a support system in place for moments like this, especially when you know you're prone to anxiety, depression, panic attacks, mental health, anything like that. Have at least one to three people in mind that you know that you can reach out to and ask them ahead of time if they're willing to provide support from time to time maybe it's like a mutual thing you guys can support each other there's definitely a balance to be had with that because like I said I made the decision last night to not to not like have to not I chose not to lean on a friend because I felt that like It was something maybe it was important that like I show myself that I can have my own back as well. But at the same time today, I also did talk to a few of my support system people about what I was going through in the aftermath. I think that's an important thing to pay attention to is like, are we dumping things onto other people so we don't have to feel it? Or are we genuinely seeking support? So a lot of times when I do reach out for support, these are people that, like I said, I've asked them ahead of time and also if you know, if they're willing to be part of that. but um, also when I do reach out about something I'm going through, usually I'll say, do you have the space or the capacity to talk about this? And instead of just kind of like throwing it on them because you never know what people are going through. So there, that was something I shared in episode two. Another thing is that it is hard to admit when you need help sometimes. so, that's why it's so helpful to develop those mutually beneficial friendships where you guys support each other. And again, that way it doesn't feel imbalanced and and you don't feel like as much of a burden because you're like, you know, I know that if this person needed me, I'd be willing to be there for them and vice versa. And that goes again to the reminder that you are not a burden, Because honestly, like think of how it feels when you're there for somebody or when you help somebody. Sometimes actually, even when I'm in my worst moments, that's when I want to help my friends the most or help people the most because it kind of gets me out of my own stuff. And like being able to support someone else, it, it brings perspective. It allows me to pull out my inner wisdom, which then maybe I can flip that message onto myself. Maybe it's something I needed to hear, but it's genuinely like, I think I, again, I think I say I think, but I know that's how we're wired. We're wired for relationships. We're wired for support. And so we know that it feels good when we help others. So use that as a reminder that people feel good when they help you. And sometimes you seeking support, allowing for someone to unconditionally support you is beneficial for them as well. So it's not just a one-way street. And so you don't have to feel that you're weighing everyone down. Again, there is a caveat to that of sometimes maybe we can lean on people too heavily and maybe there's going to be periods of time where we do and we recognize that or maybe we're called out on it and we work on our self-love journey a little bit and find a balance in between seeking support and also learning to support ourselves. And I have so many notes on this episode that... You know, I could probably sit here and talk for an hour, but for the sake of keeping this not too long, but also being able to zone in on some things that I really want to highlight. um, One of the questions that I wrote to myself in my notes is, how do you know when you need to spend time alone and nurture yourself versus being around people you care about and where is the balance? And I think what we tend to do is isolate when we are feeling heavy feelings. And I know that I especially do this because I feel like I'm a lot to handle. And I, I just told somebody this the other day that I'm like, oh, I don't want to be, I feel bad that you have to be around me when I'm like this because I know I'm a lot to handle. And again, it goes back to the need to figure out what that looks like for you. I definitely know that isolating and not talking to anyone is not the solution i know that from experience but also sometimes you do need that a long time and maybe if you think of it in terms of like this is winter season right now and spring and summer will come but for now i'm what is that hibernating <laughs> why sometimes i can't think of like the simplest terms i don't know but anyway i'm in hibernation right now but Again, even in hibernation, we still need to nurture, and we still need those relationships. We need our relationships year-round. But maybe in those winter times, you're spending a little bit more time with yourself to nurture, to listen to music, to light candles, to journal, to meditate, to be alone with yourself. And that also, I think, when we're in this state, we don't give ourselves time to process because we go straight into the fix-it mode or the distract mode of, If I'm feeling depressed, I'm just going to make myself busier so I don't have time to face it or think about it. Or if I'm feeling sad or if I'm feeling any emotion that feels uncomfortable for me, I'm going to try to avoid it versus facing it head on so I can move through it. And I'm a firm believer in moving through it. Otherwise, all of that's going to get stuck in your body. It's going to get just stuck in your mind, and you're not really ever going to move through it. And that's when the lessons are repeated over and over again. You keep finding the same, running into the same situation over and over again, running into a wall. And that is a reminder or a heads up that something needs to change. So maybe you need to take some time to reflect on what it is in your life that you think isn't working, or this could be something as small as like, and adding a hobby, doing diamond art or something or picking up a book or li- listening to a podcast um, or, you know, something like that or adding a daily walk or it could be as major as examining your relationship uh, with yourself, with another, with friends, your job, your career choices and having to make a big change and that's the biggest, most daunting, scariest part When you make those huge life changes and all the micro changes that come with that, too, as a result, and that's when the mental health aspect can really like you need extra, extra support in that case. But just really take the time to either journal, talk to someone about it, talk to a professional, whatever you need to do to get it out and start to sort out and make a plan of what needs to be done now. Going back to the seasons, the sometimes being in winter or fall season, sometimes you're just going to have moments or days or weeks or whatever where you are just doing the bare minimum, and that's getting out of bed, taking a walk, cooking a meal for yourself, even if it's just like an easy, convenient meal, no need to shame yourself over not cooking from scratch all the freaking time or really ever, everyone's lifestyle looks different, and sometimes you're just going to have to move through it and accept those ebbs and flows just like i i always go back to the seasons and nature and how we're designed we're not designed to be in this constant state of go 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 we're going to have those ebbs and flows and definitely for me i have the weeks where i feel super energetic and productive and i love to take advantage of those times But then that's usually followed by times where I have low energy and I require more rest. And it's interesting because when I'm in that higher energy state and I feel like great and vibrant and all these things, I'm like, oh, this is my favorite version of myself. I wish I could be like this forever. But then I have to go back to like, I wouldn't be me without these slower seasons. And I feel that when I am in a season like this that I'm at right now it's almost like because I feel the sadness so deeply I'm also able to feel songs more deeply, I see colors in a different way, I see the world, you know, in such a beautiful, interesting way that I don't when I'm just kind of like buzzing through, if that makes sense. So here's an example of how that might look, in the seasons where I'm feeling more energized I tend to create more or, or like I'm more productive so that's when I actually can get myself to like sit down for hours and write. I socialize a lot more. I deepen my friendships during that time. I yeah I focus more on creating than consuming and then when I'm more in a tired season I'll consume more like I'll in in other words I'll read more books and I try to have a balance of fiction and nonfiction books so I can do like self-help but also enjoy reading for pleasure but yeah I'll I'll take more time to consume because I'm more in a space where I just want to be passive and listen versus like actively creating something and so you'll often find that you need a mixture of both of those things and so take that time or embrace the times when you feel less productive and trust that you're going to get back into it when your mind and body feels ready. And again, it is hard to know like when to push yourself and when to kind of take a rest or take a step back. I personally am also trying to find that balance. So I don't really have the answers for you when it comes to that. But the hardest thing is living in like a hustle culture. And so sometimes I feel that my mental state runs my life and that I'll never be a fully successful or productive adult. But I then go back and question myself and the validity of that feeling because really it comes down to what do I want from life? And How does it feel when it seems like I'm helpless and I require someone to take care of me? And how does it feel when I trust in my ability to care for and to nurture myself? And is there a balance that I can find within the two? I fully believe that relationships are so vital to your mental and your physical health. And so at least having that in place is the relationships with yourself and the most important people to you and knowing who those people are. I go back to something I learned years ago, which is to treat yourself as if you were a child who needed something but didn't know how to speak up for themselves. And how you can do this is you try different things, different tools, different tools as in, like I said, walking, meditation, journaling, talking to someone, reaching out, Try these different tools, seeing how they make you feel, just like you would a child who wasn't able to communicate. You just try different things and see what works, but you stay present and attentive to yourself, maybe in a way that your caregivers, when you were younger, weren't able to show up for you. And now you can show yourself that, like, I know that I didn't receive the support that I needed when I was little, but I can give this to myself. And that builds trust in yourself. And then it helps when you are in those low points because you know that like I can get myself through this, I've done this before, this is just temporary and that's where I'm at with it right now. So just riding the wave and knowing that the cliche it's, the cliche statement is true of this too shall pass, it always does. And so even when I'm in the depths of it, like I have that glimmer of... I can, I can see the end of the tunnel, even though it seems really dark and it seems far away, but I know that it it has to end soon, and so I look for the light and the good as often as I can. And so today, my light was found in cuddling with my cat, Orca, buying some new candles at the store, going for the walk that I went on, dressing up and putting on an outfit that made me feel good, and recording this episode, ooh, and watching the new season of Queer Eye, because that show literally brings me so much life. I freaking love that show. I've watched that show since I was like little with my mom when it was called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. (laughs) And now it's just Queer Eye, but God, I fucking love that show. So anyway, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast and this episode. And, you know, if you do resonate in some way, um, it's again, it's a beautiful and a sad thing all at the same time, because We can connect in that way, but also I really empathize with that and I understand how difficult it is when you're in the depths of it. And so just know that, you know, you have someone and probably a lot of people, unfortunately, that understand more than you realize. So don't be afraid to reach out for support and ask for help when you need it, okay? Um, I'm going to now... I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe play a game on my phone or something, but... I'm going to go and I don't know when I'm going to record the next episode or which, um, I guess which episode I'm going to go back to and revamp, but I kind of like this. I kind of like being able to revisit old episodes and just kind of discuss it because this actually turned out to be completely different from the first one. So she just gave me a little inspiration. But anyway, come connect with me on Instagram. I'm at Lauren M. Kendrick. I would love to chat with you there. I share a lot of style content there as well, so I do also want to work on going back into sharing more of my message around body acceptance and neutrality as I share my style content because style is one of the tools that I use to help me with body image, so let me know if that resonates with you, but anyway, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again soon, and I love you. Bye! Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or leave a five-star review wherever you listen. Have an idea you want to pitch or just feel like chatting with me about the episode? Come find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kendrick. Can't wait to hear from you.